Someone You Should Know, a program about people you know and even more that you don't. Hosted by Stuart Sachs, veteran, husband, father, and grandfather. Now, here's your host, Stuart Sachs. Well, it's another Wednesday morning, and that means another edition of Someone You Should Know. Want to welcome everybody. We are brought to you in part this morning by No Sweat Experts. They are the air conditioning specialists here in the DFW area. And starting to get warm out there. Make sure that air conditioner is working because when the temperatures go up to close to 100, you want to make sure that the air conditioner is working for sure. So you call Roy Cook and his gang over there at No Sweat Experts. They will take good care of you at a very, very reasonable price. And also a big shout out to to uh, Christine Dean, who is not only also a sponsor of the show, but our our producer today. So Christine, thank you, thank you very very much. She's our our techno babe. Uh, we just we just we just gave her that name, and I'll tell you why in a bit. Well, I'm th- I'm thrilled for so many ways of having my guest on today, and the number one way is just to be able to say his name, Jean-Michel Tournier. Did I do it right? Yeah, very good. You did good. But, you know, you can also call me uh, the captain or Jean-Luc Picard, captain of the U.S. Enterprise, if that's easier for you. <laughs> By the time this show is over, I'm going to be calling you so many different different things because the, the other catchy phrase I was going to throw in later, I'll do it now, is that this show is not rocket science, except today it is rocket science because I have an actual rocket scientist on the show with me today. <laughs> and how often, how often does a guy get to say that? <laughs> that's, that's true, Stuart. And, uh, and you know, that's been a great brand for me uh, as a LinkedIn rocket scientist, but I'm actual, an actual rocket scientist. But uh Nothing as fancy as, as uh, you know, opposite sexes with you and Lauren. I thought that was very, very smart. So, <laughs> I mean, that, that was a natural. I didn't have to make up the name to do that. Uh-huh. That worked out beautifully. <laughs> it was all right. All right. Well, so right from the get-go, from, from the accent, we can tell that you, you ain't born and raised in Texas. No, no. I was, uh, I was born and raised in France uh, a while back. And, uh, you know, I've, I've had an, I think everybody's got a very interesting story and interesting journey. So, uh, no, no, first of all, thank you so much for having me on the show, Stuart. And, uh, and we owe it to, to Christine, our techno babe in the background, who actually introduced us. That, that's right. You know, and, and uh, Christine's always got her, her antennas out there checking and she con- contacted you and she said, boy, I got a good one for you. And we 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 met, we talked a little bit, and we said, "Hey, let's get together, and we'll do we'll do a show." So, you so so you were you were born. Tell us a little about your childhood growing up in in, in France. Yeah, so uh, you know, uh, I come from a family of uh, engineers and mathematicians. Okay, so I have we call this the boss of math. So I have a little a little uh, you know. A little something on my head, and and in the family it's known as uh, the the Mount of Mathematics. Apparently, 
Apparently, everybody in the family has it and, and they love math and physics and engineering. Must be true. Because my mom was a, my mom was a, you know, a, a high school math teacher all her life. So she managed the home and the, and the career at the same time. Uh, my dad uh, graduated from uh, the top uh, professional engineering school in, in France, Ecole Centrale of Paris. You know, Gustave Eiffel, uh, Peugeot, uh, you know, all those great, great names, great men uh, graduated from that school. Uh, you know, Eiffel, uh, who, who also uh, designed the inside of the Statue of Liberty, which was a gift from France right. to the United States, right? And, uh, and uh, something interesting, which is part of my story as well. So my dad's two sisters were the first female engineers to work on the Phoenix and Super Phoenix nuclear reactor in France. It was very unusual for women to go into engineering in those days, right? And uh, when I was doing my military service, uh, actually in France as a young man, uh, uh, right after I graduated from Ecole Centrale. So my dad pushed for me to graduate from the same school, even so I wanted to go to Toulouse Aeronautical, Aeronautical School, right? because I'm always passionate about space and flying objects. And uh, so I had a chance to work in Cyclay, where the, where the nuclear reactors were, and uh, lunch, uh, you know, have lunch with my aunts at the time. They were still working there uh, when I was working there for a year. So it was a pretty amazing experience. It, I mean, it, it's amazing. So, I mean, is it fair to say that you were kind of the, the, the nerdy kid when you were growing up because your head was, was into to math and physics and everything? Now you, you, you hit it on the nail here, Stuart. Uh, you know, uh, Got a lot of attention to help with uh, tutoring and help with homework, but never got the girl, you know, so. <laughs> but, but, you know, uh, things have changed now, right? We've seen this in more, in more recent years, uh, uh, you know, uh, nerds are running the world now, right? So here we go. That, that, We're coming that, out strong. We're coming out strong. <laughs> you're, you're, you're absolutely right. <laughs> so, so you spent your entire childhood and and your your educational career in France then there where was where was the the point that that America came into the picture so uh, yeah it's a good question so uh, and, and and that's that's where where the story really starts whether where the everyday magic actually you know uh, applied and, and show, showed itself in my life so I was on top of the world, you know, I was, uh, I was, uh, how old was I? 23 years old. I had a master degrees in applied mathematics and computer science. I had my professional engineering degree from Ecole Centrale of Paris. You know, I was offered a job at the French uh, CEA Energy Atomic Commission of Cyclay, so where my hands were working, to design spacecraft. So I was on top of the world. I could have had any job I wanted, right? So you, you, you ask yourself, what happened to this guy, right? Right, right. <laughs> well, and then, uh, so uh, one night, I had a very, very powerful dream. And in this dream, I was desperately searching for my soulmate. And I knew in my heart of heart that I had to travel to a faraway country to find her. So here, here's your answer, Stuart. So I came to America 
in search of my soulmate. True story. Now, you know the universe as a way of well, helping along the way, right? So it right. just happens at the time, at the time, you know, uh, uh, the, the man, Professor, Professor uh, Mohamed El Gang, director, Regents Professor at the University of New Mexico in Albuquerque, and director of the Institute for Space and Nuclear Power Studies, was doing a sabbatical in Saclay. So he and I worked together for a while. Uh, then, then he left, he came back to the US uh, after his sabbatical. I took over his research, completed the research. But Professor Gang was always in search of talented uh, foreign students for, for his uh, PhD program. So right, right about the same time, he offered me an opportunity to come to the US, to Albuquerque, and study on my PhD with him. So it was a very difficult decision for me, right? Because uh, obviously I was, uh, I knew that if I left home, I would break my mother's heart, you know, because she always wanted me to stay close and, and, right. and work close to home. And uh, so the, the dream, I had to follow my dream. You know, it was, it was a strong compulsion. So I uh, packed everything, the few books and, and clothing that I owned into one big blue, Samsonite suitcase. Remember those? They were indestructible, right? They had the commercial where you slide down the mountain on it, right? And right. Uh, so I came to America with one suitcase. I hardly spoke any English. Nobody could understand me. It's, I know it's still difficult, but it's better now after, <laughs> after 30 or 40 years, right? <laughs> and um, and uh, here, here I go. And I came, I came to the US to, to work on my PhD and, and find my, my soulmate. So, the fascinating part about this is you're in search of your soulmate. Uh, you don't speak an awful lot of, of English, and, and what English you're, you're speaking is probably a little fractured because of this thick French accent, but you're here to find your soulmate. Did you find her in Albuquerque? I did, for goodness. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> So I, we did actually, we, we met 10 years later on the dance floor. So, and that's where the, so yeah, so on the ballroom that's, dance floor. That's, that's where the French part comes in. <laughs> that's the French part. Well, you know, um, you know, I like to tell the story because it's, it's a beautiful illustration of the magic working in our lives. You know, because I really think, uh, Stuart, I really believe that, you know, we, we're all given special gifts. Yes. You know, and, 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 uh, and, uh, and we are meant to use those special gifts to make a difference in the world. But there's so many opportunities, you know, in the world, you know, education, work, etc. right? That uh, it's very easy to lose track of your destiny, right? So, and I, I like to give this example. So, you know, there are times in your life we are trying to make something happen and, and, and you encounter obstacle after obstacles. You're trying to get something to work, right? Because we control, we, 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 we like, we were told to control everything with our mind, right? Right. So, uh, okay, I, I really want to get that job. You know, I really want to buy this thing. You know, I really want to move into this number. Until I get it. Right. And then, so sometimes in your life, you, you go through a period where you're trying very hard and, and, and obstacles after obstacles. It's not happening. You can't make it happen. Okay. 
and usually that tells me it's a sign that this is not really in line with my destiny okay but other times in your life and you, and you may have experienced that yourself you know suddenly everything falls into place very quickly you know and that happens to us like i mean that happens to us all the time right the, the thing is it happens in everybody's life but we don't pay attention yes see if we if we really we watch if we listen to the guidance and the sign, if we really watch our lives and how things have happened and and uh, the people we met that helped bring us to a new place you know to to create something new we really we really see the magic at work in our life because you know and, and so meeting my wife is another 10 years magic magic into the making but we didn't know it at the time until we really looked back and actually my wife wrote a book about it because she was doing um so a few years back she she was very taken with genealogy you know uh, basically going back to the roots of her family so she, right. she came from uh, a great grandparents came from Czechoslovakia you know under a religious oppression and uh, and took the boat to land in Texas at the time Texas was advertising you know all this new land all this beautiful land ready to go and you know they were they were looking for for pioneers right of course when they got there they, they expected uh, cities and roads and they found wild forests and wild animals <laughs> so they had to work really hard too but that's a different story right but you know but my wife was was one you know she was asking herself carol bless her heart she's uh, she was like you know Nobody knows how our parents met, and, and you, you and I had, had this uh, talk, Stuart. Right? Actually, you, I think you, you, uh, you had uh, what was it? Becoming our parents. I think last week you had a, you had a, a, a talk on that well, with thank, Lauren. Thank you. thank you for watching and remembering. <laughs> yes, yes, it's, it's interesting. But so it's true. You know, uh, we never think of our parents as real people. Yeah. They're mom and their dad, but they're not real people. They don't have dreams and aspirations like we are. We have as young people. They're not like us. They're different, right? That's right. And my wife was like, "Okay, you know, I want to write a book about how we met, so that our children and grandchildren knows a story. Because who else is going to tell the story, right? That's right. So actually, she wrote this book here, and she used to be a marketing director." Yeah, now hold, so hold that's what that, the the great the great part of that book is the title how i lost my glass slipper dancing on the french side of the moon there you go so you got the whole story of magic right there but so <laughs> but so to make a long story short and we could talk about this for hours you know um we were compelled around the same time of the year to go and see a movie a japanese movie who won all awards in japan at the time it was called show we dance and of course there was a there was a, a remake by hollywood with richard Gere, but it was not the same because you know the the culture the culture the japanese culture is not the same as the western culture etc right but so my wife went late at night in the theater she was probably almost 
alone in that theater. She watched that movie. Within a week, I, I was compelled to do the same thing. And we, you know, I hardly went to the movies, okay? But I saw that movie advertised as, you know, that sounds like an interesting, artsy foreign movies. And I watched the movies. We were not in the same theater at the time. And then at the end of the movies, we both got the message, you need to take dancing lessons. <laughs> you know, ballroom dancing lessons. So we both at the time, we both, uh, you know, went to the yellow pages and we called every single dance studios in Albuquerque. And then we settled on the same studio. So within a month of each other, we, we joined that, uh, that uh, you know, uh, that uh, great little dance, dance studio and club. And uh, it was like, you know, 50 bucks, five lessons, and I'm out of here, right? Okay, I'll give it a try, right? <laughs> you, know, you know, it was a great offer, right? A great promo, a great offer. 50 bucks, you get 10 lessons. Oh, I've, and I've, I five or 10 lessons, theater. I don't remember. <laughs> And then two years later, we were still dancing, you know. Uh, so uh, we we joined the troupe, you know. We were we were doing uh, we you know we were doing uh, openings of uh, you know gala openings, the openings of a new uh, uh, museum. We were going to retirement homes to do some gigs and and dance shows. Uh, so it was a really exciting time of our life, actually. Because it was very, very fun, you know, a, 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 an amazing group of people. We had a lot of fun. Uh, we, we, we went. You were, you were still dating at this time, or you were married at this time? Yes, we were dating at the time. Where we, where Carol tells me until I until I proposed in Paris on the heels of the new millennium, she told me she she claims she still didn't know we were dating. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you got you got engaged. At the Millennium in Paris. Yes, so I yes, uh, that's, that's that's true. Probably, that's probably the dream of a lot of a lot of women, uh, to, you know, to to be to to get engaged under those circumstances. It was pretty romantic, but you know, I wanted to make sure I wanted to make sure she say yes. So you know, uh, well, how could any woman <laughs> say no to that? I, so I, I got the girl. I, I finally got the girl. You know, I finally got I, the girl. I proposed to my wife in the stock room of a shoe store. Well, were you buying were you buying her shoes? No, I owned I owned the shoe store. Oh, you owned the shoe store. <laughs> and you just happened to go in in the stock room, and I opened up a ring, and I said, "Would you marry me?" And she said, "Yes." I don't know if if my circumstance is quite as romantic as as yours. <laughs> but, but we're still together after all those years, so you must have done something right. So. We we both got the girl. <laughs> we both got the girl, you know, and that's that's what it's all about. And so, but um, yeah, so it was very interesting. Uh, but you know, when we look back, we look back at all the different events, all the little nudges and pushes that that allowed us to eventually meet. So the the thing you don't know here because it doesn't seem like a lot of magic, but actually, so the night of a birthday, it was a masked ball. So uh, and uh, and uh, it was it was a pre-Halloween ball that our dance club hosted, you know. So we had a lot of fun uh, during that night. But it is at the end of the ball that 
that dream came back into my heart again. You know, and then that's how I knew in my heart of heart, I knew that she was a woman of my dream at that time. So just boom, you know, it hit me again. That dream just came back through me, you know, and then I turned around to talk to her and she had left the ball, just like Cinderella. So that's, that's also why the, the, the title of the book a little bit, you know, and, uh, and I tell her she broke my heart. That night she broke my heart because she left and I could not find her. But, but anyway, we finally, again, more magic the next day. We return our costumes accidentally at the same time. Oh. Oh. I asked her out to lunch, she accepted. After lunch, I asked her out to dinner, she accepted. And then we started supposedly not dating. <laughs> Fascinating. And now what was, what was Carol doing at the time in Albuquerque that you were working in, in basically in, in uh, the aerospace industry? So I was, uh, yeah, I was what? a professor, I was a professor at the university at the time, right? So oh, was, okay. at, at the university. So once America. I graduated from, uh, with my PhD, you know, uh, in aerospace engineering. So I used to design power plants and spacecraft to send astronauts to Mars and Jupiter. You know, and uh, and at the time she was she was working as a marketing director for a casino in in Santa Fe, so she was driving back and forth all the time. So it was staff for her, but she has nice. her own story there too. You know, she used to live in Taos, New Mexico, and then and then at some point she she felt compelled. She knew she needed to move to Albuquerque, as uh, you know, a year before we were supposed to get together eventually. So she had her own story of, um, Carol is very, she's a highly sensitive person and, and very, very intuitive. So if you think I'm intuitive, you know nothing because she is, I mean, you know, she gets, <laughs> she gets a message like this, you know, you know, uh, me, it takes me a little longer <laughs> to get it, <laughs> you know, but, uh, so she has her own story in the book as to, it's very interesting to see how people are brought together, you know, uh, and, and, uh, and how magic, magic flew in her life to get there. And then that incredible moment of recognition on the dance floor during the, during the, the masked ball, you know, so, uh, but it takes a while before you put all those pieces together when you look back. You know, because I, be, I really believe magic, magic works in everybody's life. But we just need to pay attention. If we pay attention, we would appreciate a lot more of where we are and the people we meet and, and what we're doing now, you know. It's well, I think and that, also, that also allows you to, to see the signs of that magic in order to perpetuate it further into, into your future. So that you don't just, it's just not a, you know, a one night stand and it's gone. You, you find that magic and you say, how do I keep this magic alive? And that's uh, exactly. And then you, you get to appreciate it. And, uh, you know, it helps to know that we're being watched over. We're being guided. We're not alone. You know, and that's been very difficult, particularly in the past two years, you know, with the isolation, the social distancing, the isolation from COVID, etc. You know, looks like the world is on fire. You know, the world has gone crazy. Right. Uh, a lot of people have gone, the, uh, you know, uh, have, have been depressed, you know, uh, lost hope. 
And so it, it helps us, you know, magic in our life. It helps us, number one, it, it helps us to remember that we are powerful co-creators. But to let that magic happen in our life, we have to release, it's what I call faith. You know, it's very important to have faith. What does that mean to have faith exactly, right? It means to release control. Because again, remember, we, we were born and raised in Western civilization. You know, you work hard, you study hard, you get a job, you work hard, you make money, right? And we, we think we control everything with our brain, right? With the mind. We control everything with the mind, which is really the, the masculine energy at work, okay? And uh, we need to find the right balance between the mind and the heart to allow the magic, the energy to flow into our life but we have to release control, <clears throat> knowing that we are guided, knowing that we are loved and taken care of. And if we let that happen, we're very likely to flow back into on the right path of our destiny. That's what I believe and I've, I've seen it at work in my life and our life. It's amazing. It's amazing when you can embrace it and you see it at work. So you 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 did this in Albuquerque. Then then how did your you know well I guess the natural question would say you're in Texas now. Uh, was there anything in between Albuquerque and 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 North Texas? So it's more magic. <laughs> you want more magic? More magic. <laughs> <laughs> it's more magic. So okay. So so uh, I'm gonna tell you something crazy, right? So, uh, so I was a professor at, at the university for nearly 20 years, you know, and I didn't tell you, but as a young, as a young boy, you know, I, I watched Neil Armstrong land the Apollo 11 on the moon. You know, at the time we have those, those gray little, you know, TV, <laughs> TV what? things that were very heavy and bulky, right? Right. And, uh, and I've all, the rabbit ears. Exactly. And it was all black and white, of course. Yeah. And uh, and uh, you know, and that ignited a fire in me. Of 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 course, I wanted to be an astronaut. Big surprise, right? Uh, but I wanted to design spacecraft. I wanted to explore the universe, you know. And uh, and and so you know that offer from Professor Agyank, you know, helped me do that. So he became a mentor, you know, under his leadership. I, I, I'm a, I'm a highly recognized and published author with 200 publications and national, international journal papers, etc. Uh, you know, I, I got to work with exciting, exciting agency. So I did my PhD under a NASA grant, NASA Glenn, you know, not far from Chicago, where you, you spent a lot of your time, where you grew up, I think, if I remember. Yes. You know, so near Cleveland, this is a close, the, the coldest place on earth that I've been to in the winter on the Lake Erie at NASA Glen Research Center where I was doing a presentation. Oh my goodness, it was cold and the, the wind yes. was blowing. You, you, could, you could walk across <laughs> the lake to Canada. <laughs> that explains it, okay. And so, you know, I worked with the Jet Propulsion Lab, you know, a national laboratory like Los Alamos, Sandia National Labs, the Air Force Research Lab. You know, I worked with them for two and a half years. It was amazing, amazing experience. And I got to design, uh, you know, power plants, the, the new hydrogen economy, uh, nuclear power plants. I got to design spacecraft. So I've, I've had an exciting wow. first career, right? So I, 
so you would think I realized my dream, okay? Uh, um, but so what happened as a professor at the university, you know, I discovered my passion for mentoring and coaching others. And I saw the impact it had in other people's life. And also remember very young, I was, I was a tutor for my siblings and my schoolmates as I was very young. Yep. So I've always been a teacher at heart, you know, especially in math and science, <laughs> math and science. Right. And, and, uh, and, uh, and, and, and now a little bit of spirituality too in the mix. Right. So as a career coach also, you know, so I'm, I'm a business coach, but also a career coach. So I've, I've, I've worked with a lot of people in the past two years who are in transition, you know, because with the pandemic, pandemic people started asking the tough questions, making tough decisions. You know, the, the satisfaction, uh, very few people are satisfying their job in America. You've heard the stats, uh, 75% right. of, uh, you, you hear Tony Robbins say it all the time, right? 75% of Americans are unsatisfied in their job. But people stay in their job out of fear for different reasons. It's the, the security aspect of it. The security, right? And But the pandemic has just thrown all of this out the door, right? So, you know, 41% of people in America, according to the, I mean, in the world, according to the Great Resignation, um, you know, a survey by Microsoft two years ago, are ready to quit their job. You know, in the past few months, 5 million Americans are quitting their job every month, still now. So why is that happening? It's happening because people now are asking the tough questions is what does it really matter? What, what really matters to me? What is important to me? Okay. So they are there. So now they have the courage to, to quit a job because now other fears have overcome the fear of being jobless, you know, but it's, I think it's a good thing because now it's forced people to find their, their reason of being you know, to find their special talents and to find a job or, or, or start a consulting business that allows them to apply those talents and make a difference in the world. So, you know, it's kind of shaking, shaking, sh shaking the tree, right? That's what the pandemic has been doing. Shake the tree, shake the tree and force people to, to really look at their life. What was important, what mattered and start making tough decisions to change their life. You, you know? know, the point that you make is very, very valid, Jean-Michel, because many, many times people say, well, I'll just stay in this dead-end job or so until I retire, because when I retire, then I'm going to do all the things I really want to do. And, and, and the statistics show that when people retire, sometimes they don't have the life expectancy to do the things that they lived their whole life to get to in order to do. And so what you're saying is, is by working with people and, and showing them that, you know, instead of staying in this job until you're 65 or retirement age, whatever, that maybe what you really want to do is what you should be doing today. And you need to prepare yourself for that. And I and, and I, I I highly encourage people to to do that. Don't wait until it's too late to do the things that you really want to do. That's very that's very true. That's very well said, Stuart. And you know, it's something that I see about. It's learning to live in the present. 
you know, it's difficult for us to do because, you know, uh, the past is always with us through regrets. Well, we have regrets. Oh, if only I had done this, if only I had done my life would be different now, right? Yes. Uh, and then we are always concerned about the future. You know, what's going to happen? You know, do, do I still going to have this job? What about my family? You know, I'm concerned about my children, right? Uh, uh, what world are they going to live in? Okay. And, uh, and so we live with regret of the past, fear of the future. Instead, we should spend a lot more time in the present moment. You know, enjoying being alive, enjoying what we have now, being grateful and being present, being present, you know. Um, and uh, so, it's, so I think it's, the pandemic has helped people move there, move back to the present, you know, and say, because there's so much uncertainty in the future, forget about the future. Let's, let's, let's be present. Let's enjoy the present moment and what we can control now, you know. Yeah, every, uh, once, every once in a while you hear the story about somebody that, that maybe they've had a fairly lucrative career. And after a number of years, they, they say, that's it. I'm, I'm going to sell the house, get rid of all the furniture, and I'm just going to buy myself a big travel uh, bus. And I'm just going to take off and, and, and just travel all over the country. And just see what I was. And they're they're young, you know. They're in their thirties, maybe forties, and they they do that. And we, who are still struggling to get by, paycheck to paycheck, say, "Oh man, what a great idea! I wish I could do that." And the reason that I say that is because this person wished that they could do it, and they did it. <clears throat> They decided that that was the way to do it. And I'm not saying that that's the best, the best scenario for everyone. But if you're just not happy getting in that car every day and turning the key on and driving down to that office, that you may want to reinvent yourself. And so you took that a step further and you, you actually made that into another career. And, and it's amply named Spotlighting You. And folks, you can go to spotlightingyou.com. That's the that's the website, and learn a little bit more about what Jean Michel is doing now, uh, because it's fascinating to see what those avenues are that you have open to you to at least consider. You know, you may say, "Well, okay, uh, it sounds great, but maybe I better stay where I'm at for now." That that's your your choice, but. Spotlighting you is, is, is an opportunity for people to assess who they are, where they are, and where they want to be. Is that correct? Uh, yes, in a sense, Stuart. And, and, you know, I like what you said about um, people having the courage to reinvent themselves. You know, that's what's happening now. And, and, and it's okay, because remember, you are supported, you're guided, you're loved. And you have special gifts, so it's okay to, to change your life, to embrace those special gifts and use it, use them to make a difference in other people's life. Right. So, uh, you know, so again, it's between, it's finding the right balance between the mind and the heart, the masculine and the feminine energy, right? So having the courage to let, listen to your heart a little bit more and know that everything is going to be okay if you are, following your heart and if you are on the right path of your destiny, what you are called to do. Okay. Um, so uh, 
obviously through the pandemic we've seen a lot of people reinvent their life uh, reinvent you know as a career reinvent themselves as a career coach you know i started uh, seven years ago as a career coach prior uh, to the pandemic yeah yeah prior to the pandemic and then you know i started working with a lot of uh, professionals who were subjected to age discrimination oh okay and so at that point i was telling them okay you know we can still try to get your job we're going to redo you know develop your personal brand on linkedin develop an amazing resume but you need to know at some point in your life you're going to have to start your own consulting company unless you're ready to retire buy that boat that's me i want to buy a boat right sell boat <laughs> like I, I used to love selling when i was a young kid so um and you know so uh just be ready for that transition because you have you have amazing talent you have too much experience you're too expensive for your next employer so the next logical step is going to be for you to start your own consulting business you know um, so i started helping my clients build their own consulting business and then eventually i i moved you know at I basically uh, moved to business coaching to help established businesses already in place grow uh, using the amazing, the amazing power of social selling and LinkedIn. Uh, you know, and of course, when the pandemic hit, that forced a lot, a lot of people who thought that they were safe and secure. Uh, all of a sudden, businesses were closing their doors, either permanently or temporarily, and a lot of people were forced to reinvent themselves and to take on jobs that they never thought they'd ever do only because their job was eliminated or so. So all of a sudden this, this concept of coaching people and getting them prepared for their, their, their next life, if you will, uh, became a reality. And, and so, you know, do you do this with individuals and with corporations? Yes, definitely. And you know, uh, Stuart, it's a huge opportunity. Mm -hmm. It's so, I tell you, it's so easy to start your own consulting business in the US. You know, remember, I come from France, Europe, you know, right. you, uh, you know, France and Europe, there's a lot of red tape. There's a lot of regulation. Here in the US, it's so easy. All you need is an internet line and a phone number, right? <laughs> or something, and a website. Right? And you can start consulting. So, so you know, uh, the U.S. is a huge opportunity for you to reinvent yourself, start your own consulting business. And obviously, that have, for you to be visible, because there's a lot of competition, you have to brand yourself personally well on LinkedIn. So you definitely need a That's personal true. LinkedIn profile, you need a website, and you need great testimonial, right? Clients that are saying great things about you, for that social proof, for that credibility, you know. So for that three three elements that that will help anyone to reinvent themselves. Um, <clears throat> now, do you ever get anybody that comes along to you and says, "Listen, you have a you have a background in the in the space industry. I think maybe I'd like to go into the space industry. Do you have do you have avenues of consulting somebody who maybe wants to get involved with, you know?" Uh, uh, rocket science. <laughs> well, you know, that's happened. The thing is, you know, because I uh, also attract because of my, my, obviously my engineering background, 
I've attracted quite a bit of engine, engineers who are in career transition. I've also attracted quite a bit of, uh, of uh, you know, university professors and faculty who, who want to change their life. And that brings me back to your previous question, which I never answered, is that how did I move to Texas, right? Right. So it was about 10 years ago, so I was telling you about my career, I was, I was doing very well you know, in aerospace and engineering. Uh, I was well respected, I had the opportunity to teach a few classes here and there, not enough to my liking, because I really enjoyed teaching, you know. And uh, of course I was, uh, I was on the committee of, of PhD and master's students as well, you know, I guided a few students through their graduate studies. And then about 10 years ago, uh, we invaded Syria and right about that time all my funding went away right because guess what uh, most funding in aerospace and, and, and engineering come from the Department of Defense Department of Energy and anytime so it's very fickle budget right anytime there is a war somewhere all the budget goes to the military and all those you know Science and engineering goes, there's no support for it anymore, right? So I, I was kind of a little tired of that roller coaster, even so, uh, uh, you know, Professor Agank uh, and I, we, we, we have very high success rate of, of closing grants. But, you know, around that time, it was December, it was December of that year. And again, I felt that calling. I felt a strong sense of dissatisfaction. I felt like I, I was ready and I needed to change my life. And guess what? I was a year and a half from retirement. Crazy, right? The guy quits his job <laughs> a year and a half before retirement in, in, you know, at the university, right? It's crazy, right? But again, so that was another calling in my life. It says, okay, I need to change my life. I, I'm supposed to do something else now. You know, and just right about the same time, I was offered an opportunity uh, by by a, a client because guess what? I was already consulting on the side, beside being a professor and an engineer. So I've, I've started the consulting, uh, you know, uh, developing websites, developing online database, etc., for clients, CRM companies, etc. So uh, so that that former clients offered me a job to to build and manage a manufacturing plant, which I had no experience with. It's like, what? Okay, that sounded good. It sounded like a great experience to, to learn something new, right? Right. Because, you know, teachers yeah, are great. That. I haven't done that yet. <laughs> yeah, so teachers are great learners, right? And that's what, that's what drives me, you know. I love to learn new things, and I'm always learning new things, you know. So the, until the day I die, right? The day I stop learning, I die, basically. That's how I feel. Right. Sounds, I know people say that, but it's very true for me. Um, and so, so I did this for, for two and a half, three years. So we moved to, you know, Phoenix, Arizona at the time. And we did very well. But, you know, again, I was not satisfied. You know, it was very difficult to find dependable people that wanted to work. People that were trustworthy, etc. So I, I kind of got burnt out. Right. I says, you know, uh, I says, I just want to work for myself. I don't want to, I don't want to have a boss. You know, I don't want to have someone, uh, you know, looking over my shoulders, controlling my decisions. And so, uh, so that's when, that's when we decided to move to Texas. 
because all my wife's family is in Texas. So as a consultant, just like you and I, we are consulting, we're working from home, from the comfort of our home office. It's amazing, right? Right. And of course, now it's a lot more popular since the pandemic. A lot of people now have experienced working from home and they, they, they rather like it. Because number one, someone's got to be home watching the kids, right? When the, when the schools are not taking care of the kids, what? Well, you have to be home taking care of the kids. And, um, and so a lot of people are pushing back with their employers. You know, they, they have, they got a test of working from home of the hybrid, hybrid work mode. Right. So they're right. pushing back. They says, I don't want to drive into the office every day anymore. You know, I want, I want that flexibility. I want more quality time with my family. I mean, I'm a cook, you know, I'm a French, I love to cook. So I want to cook the meals for my family, right? And so, um, uh, so we decided, well, you know, I can work as a consultant, as a career coach, as a business coach, I can work from anywhere in the world. So it makes sense to move to where we could be close to family, you know. And then uh, continue to do that, to do that. And so know, it's Texas, you, you know, my wife grew up uh, in Texas, picking up cotton with 12 brothers and sisters. So there's a lot of family still in Texas, right? Um, <clears throat> It's it, it it it's a fascinating story, Jean Michel. I, I I can't thank you enough for taking the time to be with me, uh, and I I have a feeling that there's a lot more stories here that we may have to have to schedule another another session to 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 cover. One thing is, if people go to your website, can they also learn uh, a little bit more about your wife and her her uh, writing career too? Oh, yeah, yes, definitely. I have a, oh, thank you for mentioning that. Yes, I have a, so about me page. So there's a little bit of my personal story. It was published in light at the end of the funnel a few years back. So okay. we, 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 we developed it a little bit more on the website. And also there's a link to, there's a link to my wife's book right there for people who are very curious who wants to be inspired. People who want to be inspired with magic in your life, you know, and gain hope again. And then you will have access to other writings that my wife has written. You can you can you can read those books for free, preview them for free online. You don't need to buy anything. Cool. And, uh, and uh, I know yeah, this know. is just this is just one of uh, what a half a dozen books or so that she has written, and you have written over a hundred uh, papers and all that people can. Uh, uh, oh, but it's boring stuff. So it's, it's engineering stuff and, and not, power not plant if, designs and spacecraft. No, nobody cares about that. Stuff. Nobody but, cares about that. <laughs> but, but now your focus really is on helping people and coaching people in 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 their career building plans. Uh, I know you work very much with helping them to build their LinkedIn uh, presence. Uh, in all, you even call yourself the LinkedIn rocket scientist. Uh, that that's kind of your handle. But folks, you know, spotlightingyou.com. Visit it. Reach out to Jean Michel. Say, hey, I saw you on that show, and you know, you're a pretty neat guy, and I want to know more about you and about what you do, and maybe how you can help me reinvent my life. So, and uh, yeah, thank you for the shout out, Stuart. And, and I'm happy to offer a free consultation to anyone who wants to learn more. Uh, you know, uh, I, made, I made a point to know a lot of my, you know, 9,000 connections on LinkedIn. So, actually, in the past six, seven years, I have talked to probably 3,000 of them. 
Wow. And most of them through free consultation, etc. So, uh, so don't be, you know, if, if you like to talk, learn more, uh, share your challenge, please feel free. I'm happy to give you a, a free consultation and, and learn more about your own superpowers. Uh, <laughs> we all have special talents, you know, we all have special talents. And we're living for extraordinary times, times of change. We are. Time of uh, time, time to embrace the real you, you know. Time to to, to embrace your real gift, and uh, and do something you really enjoy doing, because nobody wants to go to work, right? right? You want to get up in the morning, ready to go, doing you something you really you enjoy, enjoy doing, right? And and knowing you're making an impact in the world, right? You know, and that's something I've seen, Stuart, also uh, with the pandemic. We see we we see the birth of new new entrepreneurs who are not in the game just to make money, but we are in the game to change the world, to make an impact in the world. You know, so those hard conscious entrepreneurs they are coming out, and uh, so it's a beautiful time of transformation. Well, I always end my show with with a, with a quote: "Be yourself, because everyone else is taken." And I think that you can relate to that. And, and so, again, I thank you, Jean-Michel Tournier, for taking the time to be with me and with my audience. And I wish you the very, very best, my friend. And I look forward to talking with you again soon. Thank you so much for the opportunity, Stuart. It's been great to be on the show with you. And say hi to Christine and Lauren. I, I sure will. Well, that'll do it for another edition of Someone You Should Know. Hope you'll be here again next week at 10 o'clock in the morning on Wednesday for another edition. Until then, go out and be good to yourself. Bye. Someone You Should Know.